Dave Acada Grail as Fortigally Sportsline on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to Sportsline Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio on the 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the tuning app in association with Dark Credit Union. On today's show, it's all GAA and a small bit of rugby at the end. And we're going to be joined. I'm joined as always with co- by co presenter Pat McNamara. Our guests on today's programme are well known local journalists with over 50 years' experience, is Seamus Hayes. And also, former Galway player uh, Andy Cohn is going to join us all as well. And now we're joined in the line by a man who's always very good to see here on Scarab Bay Community Radio, a uh, well-known a freelance journalist, a man with over 50 years' experience uh, in all sports. It's Seamus Hayes. Seamus, you're welcome once again to Scarab Bay Community Radio. Thanks very much, Leo. Thank you. Seamus, I suppose... As they, as they ring it there uh, first of all what a weekend last weekend Seamus uh, one of the greatest victories eked out uh, by a Clare football team at any stage of any competition and to do it at headquarters GA headquarters uh, a double bonus a great day for Clare football Seamus an absolutely fantastic day for Clare football and maybe one that not too many people expected uh, you know there was huge disappointment around a couple of weeks ago when Clare lost out to Limerick uh, in, the, in that penalty shootout uh, in, in the Munster Championship, and I suppose heads were down a bit, and there was a lot of disappointment. With, um, they, you know, they got back on the on the horse, and a great win over Meath the previous week, and then Roscommon last week. You know, Roscommon obviously were favourites. Uh, they had won promotion from Division Two, and uh, you know, had put it up to Galway for long periods in the in the Connacht kind of final. So I suppose they would have fancied their chances, but. Um, this Clare crowd do amazing things. This particular group of players, you know, over the last five or six years, they've given us some magnificent days. And so, a couple of years ago, in the qualifier, when they beat Roscommon on the way to a quarter final, you know, there's some great results as well that week. And um, I suppose one of the men that's very influential there in, in the success of your radio station, John Kelly, would probably have been disappointed as a former Roscommon player. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, to, to, to super, the act of sailing Crow Park was as good as I have witnessed, and uh, it was absolutely fabulous. And, you know, as Don Cleary said to me afterwards, he said, this is fantastic for Clare football, for the whole county and for football in the county, and it certainly is. And Seamus, you know, they've done, it, they've done it the hard way, and I said, you know, they do, they are a formidable outfit, there's no doubt about that. But to play, to go up to Crow Park and play the football that they played, much the same as the first half against Mead, brilliant football, maybe died away for a small bit. But the character they showed, Seamus, to come back with minutes to go and when they had to throw down the shackles and they had a good cut off Ross Common and, you know, finished it, they were finishing, finishing the game the stronger side. Yeah, it certainly they did. And I think that's, you know, that's the thing that they really deserve praise for was that they never give up. Like, they never threw in the towel. Uh, they really kept battling. And when it looked the last cause, and uh, I have to be honest and admit that I felt when they went five points down, <coughs> Excuse me. I felt that they were in trouble and that, they, that there was no way back and then Owen Cleary got a point from a free and then they attacked quickly and uh, got the penalty and once that was converted I said anything is possible is possible here and I, I was certainly confident of extra time at least at that stage you know and uh, Jamie Malone then stood up like he turned over play won the free uh, that Keelan Sexton pointed from outside the 45 to some, kick of, to some kick of a dead ball wasn't it it was, yeah, and, twice, and for a man who was only back from injury, from a troublesome hamstring injury, you know, and kicking off the ground, uh, you know, might have been one of the things that he mightn't have been happy about doing, but he had so much to spare with it. Uh, and then again, Jamie Malone, you know, for the kick out, one possession, and then with that old Whitey Warrior, David Tuberty, a quick one-two, and Malone over the bar. You know, and the, the, the experience that has really stood out, I thought, like Tuberty, when he came on, made a difference. Malone, Jamie Malone is back to his best effort of a year out last year. Kieran Russell was fantastic all the way through. He's outstanding. Kieran Russell, Seamus, I think Kieran Russell could be an all-star in waiting. Would I be wrong in saying that with the games no, he has played? No, I fully, fully agree with you. His consistency over the last year, year and a half. Yeah. He's a talented player. And, uh, there's no, nothing phases him. If you remember, like he, cause he provided the pass for Keelan Sexton for the goal that, yeah. um, that, that brought Clare uh, back into the game there in the first half. He was upfield for a centre back. You know, you can find him anywhere, and uh, he's a he's a fantastic leader for for the team. You know, and, and, and he's a he's a fellow who can play anywhere as well. And Seamus, we thought, I suppose, maybe when one of our greatest players of all ever played, Gary Brennan retired, so it's going to make things much tougher. But 
I suppose the man he's partnered but for many years midfield. Cahal O'Connor, I thought, is, was just, again, one of those leaders of Stropenberg Strup- counted. What a servant he's been, isn't it? Great for the likes of him also. And, and maybe, as you said, David Turbert as well, coming in and being influential. Yeah, it's great he, to see the guys who've soldiered for so long. Yeah, he's, he was fantastic, Cahal O'Connor. And again, he missed a, couple, uh, he missed a, a game or two there uh, a few weeks ago because of injury. Uh, he took a very heavy knock in the opening minutes last week. I thought his ankle was in trouble. And then he shipped another very heavy tackle later on in the game. But he kicked two fantastic points. And uh, he just wore down Ross Common players. And uh, he was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, he's been doing that for over a decade now. You know, and I suppose that's the worry. Maybe go forward that the likes of him and David Tuberty, I suppose, are coming near the end of uh, the end of their careers and maybe just to replace those. But on the other side of it, there's some great young players coming through, like Killian Ruin has really settled in the cornerback. Yeah, scored Stop a point. Yeah. got a good point. Yeah, a couple he, of points. Younger brother, mm-hmm. Brindy, who's in the middle of doing his leaving cert, uh, by the way. And, you know, he came on and made a difference again, you know, and uh, combined well with, with, with a lot of the defenders and attackers uh, to, to, to keep position. But there's a very good panel there, and I think that's the strong thing that Colin Collins and his background team have developed. They have developed a panel now, and uh, they have players... You know who are capable of coming in when somebody was out a couple of years ago. If a big name, as we call him, went out to injury, we'd all be saying we can't replace him. But there are players there now who are battling for places. Uh, two weeks ago, I watched the team training in Catalonia. They had forty players on the night, and they had an internal match. And like I was, I, I came away from that really uh, feeling great about Clare football because they had an outstanding match, and any one of the players that played that night. Uh, in my book, could be on the starting team. So yeah, you know, they've and, developed and, a squad like that, and that, that's the good, the good sign, I think. And in fairness to you know, and Collins, Collins just does. I know people talk about him as being a brilliant manager, but what he has done with this panel of players, and you know, if anyone, as you said, if someone lose, it gets out through injury or whatever, he doesn't blow his trumpet rent. He just gets on next next man up. But quietly behind the scenes, Seamus, and you would know better than most. He's been bringing in young players in at, into the squads at a very young age so that they can get the strength and conditioning, they're able to get the experience, so that when their chance comes, they're, they're not phased by it and, and you know, they're not, he's not afraid to throw them in. I think that's a great point. You've made a great point earlier. He has, he has uh, developed a strong second core of players, if you like. Uh, he has them in the development squad and uh, they're in there and they're training hard and they're putting in the effort. And I, I think the other plus for him is like in the old days in player football, if one out of every three players that was invited onto a panel accepted the invitation, you, you, you'd be going well. Nowadays, they're clamoring to get yeah. in, and they're nearly ringing him up to know if there's any hope of getting in. You know, and that's, that's the big thing he's brought to player football. It is fashionable to play football for player now. And all these lads want to play, uh, and there's an awful lot of work being done. Uh, both at under 20 level and at minor level by the respective managers there, Michael Neal and Dermot Cochran, in developing, developing players. So uh, I would say the future is looking very bright for Clare Football for the foreseeable future. There's no doubt. And looking to the future, Seamus, of Clare Football and the draw, you know, last, last Monday morning, um, everyone was, you know, we were all, all, yeah, we were all <laughs> We were all saying, yeah, hopefully they won't come out. And they got Derry and... You know, it didn't so long ago that they played a game, you know, in the league in, in inside Inclusive Park and, you know, Clare were waiting for a lot of it. I know Derry pulled away uh, towards the end. It was a, a kind were, of a different... Clare made a, made a bad mistake to concede a goal to Derry in that game and that kind of turned the He turned the game, game yeah, was, yeah game, exactly. I, you know, I would say Clare, if you like, aren't going to be shaking in their boots going up to face Derry. You know, they, they'll be confident that they, that, that they will make Derry work for this. Uh, and... If you look at that side of the draw, this is the, the yeah. you know the, there's nothing to be overly frightened about. You know you have Clare against Derry, you have Galway against Armagh, and the two winners will meet in the semi final. So one of that four is going to be in the All Ireland final. Absolutely. Uh, and Clare would have played any of those other three teams regularly over the Jordan Colum Collins' reign, if you like. And Ocean McConville spoke in the Sunday game the other night about a game a few years ago up in Armagh, but Armagh looked to have it won, and Clare hit him for one three in the last five minutes. That's right, that's uh, right. Something similar to last week. So uh, the, I suppose the downside is that those counties will know that you can't take a, you can't sit yeah. back against Clare now. Yes. Uh, you know, and even go back to the game which Galway and Shum this year, which I was at, uh, you know, Clare were going well for a long time, but uh, then a, a, a kick-out error led to a Galway goal, which kind of turned the game in, in Galway's favour. But they were, 
Now, Clare aren't going to fear these lads. They'll believe that they can match them. Isn't it great to be looking at that, though? And, you know, from the depths of despair a few weeks ago against Limerick, and everyone knew, you know, the. And, and you know, I don't know, a man said to me coming out of that match, he said, this could be a blessing in disguise. Well, I would have thought that myself, even uh, the week after that, there was a lot of talk online and all the chats and all that about the awfulness of the kicks and the awfulness of having their best players. I was saying, we didn't want to go into almost the final. As far as I'd be concerned anyway, and get walloped by Kerry, which probably wouldn't I might have got, you know, yeah. like Limerick did. You, and, and, and be this, this, this um, you know, dispirited and also very hard to raise it for the qualifiers again. I think this was, this was the best thing that happened, you know. I did. I agree with you. Yeah, that's, that's this road, this road, last weekend when Limerick played Cork in the in the qualifier, I expected Limerick uh, to beat Cork last weekend in the qualifier. That's yeah. you know that was going by and the uh, performance that Clare had given earlier. In, you know, yeah. again, Ross Common. You know, but, yeah. but look at what. what, yeah, what, what huh? She's brilliant for football. She's just brilliant, brilliant. And, you know. Well, it's fantastic. The boys around the county. Since last weekend has been uh, absolutely fantastic, and uh, on the way home last week we stopped for something to eat. The Alabama players are there in 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 Monegal, and it was absolutely rocking with Clare yeah. with Clare Peter. former players, great supporters, people who were involved in managing club teams, and uh, they just didn't want to go home. There's the real true, the real talking about the game, and the real true Clare football people. Yeah, it was fantastic yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just fabulous now. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, like and, and, and look, Long we, we, we wish for another another week, a week or two anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and as you said, and I tell you one thing, the the fullback for Derry won't be scoring three points against Clare <laughs> like he did in the in in the final against Derry. Yeah, he won't. He'll 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 be made fight for everything. And I think that uh, everybody is human. I think Derry will have celebrated the Ulster Championship their first in many years. It's you know, and I I think they'll have relaxed a small bit, so they'll have to build back up again to get going again. You know, and. Uh, they might find it hard enough to get right. back to that pace quickly. There's no and I suppose Seamus even at, at this stage, obviously midfield is going to be vital. That Connor Glass in midfield, if you can, if you can break his dominance at all, you know you you, you yeah. have you have a great chance of of of. of you, you have you you you're, you're in maybe a kind of an even footing straight away, and I think there's hope that clear hope that they might have Killian Brennan and uh, that he might be fit. Uh, you know, which would be another option for them. You know, the regular fullback, but. Um, if he's fit and ready to play, he'd probably be needed, Seamus. He'd be needed, Seamus, wouldn't he? Oh, he would, and to allow Keane O'Dea to move to go further forward. There's another you know, player, um, another man with uh, all credentials, yeah. without doubt. Now he said it, and like you know, any opponent won't like to see Keane O'Dea playing out in the halfback in our midfield because he'll attack all the time and go for, uh, yeah. to, to take a lot of masking to keep him quiet. Yeah, that's for sure. And I, I'm looking at the third team, and I see a certain Daniel Walsh in the subs and. Like when you see Daniel Walsh playing club football in Clare, he's not making your county team. It says a lot for yeah, the standard that you're playing at. Yeah. That's right. It just shows. It just shows the, the competition for places that's there now. So. Yeah. Well, look at moving from the the football, and we wish him the very best. Look in 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 that quarter final, and hopefully in another week's time, we'll be looking forward to an All Ireland semi final. We don't doubt, and it's not beyond the doubts around realms of possibility without at all. Seamus, this weekend All Ireland quarter final, uh, Clare and Wexford. Uh, first of all, Clare got a great boost there late in the week with the overturning of the suspensions. Whatever way it happened with, with Rory Hayes and Peter Duggan. Also, of course, Keenan Fahey for Galway got his uh, suspension overturned. So, obviously, it was some error somewhere along the way. But look at a great boost to have those by his back and uh, into the team for this quarter final. Oh, it certainly is. And, you know, to, to lift spirits again, uh, you know, going into, the, going into this game, it's a huge game. Uh, there's no doubt in the world about that. You know, hopefully Clare will have recovered from the massive, massive effort they put in in the Munster final. You know, uh, that effort will have taken so much out of uh, everyone that took part from both sides because it was a, it was a really high ten, uh, high tense game. And um, I hope that Clare will have recovered from that. Like Wexford have arrived here, kind of it was an easier passage in the sense that they had no game last the week before last, uh, and, uh, and last week they had. Uh, a relatively easy run out, over run Kerry, out, yeah. which would have helped sharpen them up. So, you know, from that point of view, <coughs> it would be reasonable to expect that there would be that bit pressure. <coughs> but I expect, I expect Clare will be focused. Like uh, deep down, while Clare have all year long taken it, taken it one game at a time. But deep down, they have to realise in the back of their minds that the prospect of another of another game with Limerick is there, and that's the big attraction. You know, they've had three fantastic games this year. Um, 
I'd say deep down Clare would love to be the ones to strip Limerick of their title just as Limerick did to Clare in 96 uh, you know there's things like that that'll drive on Clare but they're not going to look past Wexford you know they know that Wexford are sharp uh, and uh, Wexford have a very big physical team and Lee Chin is back to full fitness now and fellas like him and Liam Ryan and um, uh, Conor McDonald you know they're big Rory, Rory O'Connor you know there's going to be there's a lot there for Clare to have to focus on but uh, there's no reason why they can't do it. They have shown this year that they're capable of matching anyone that's there. And Seamus, while it, <coughs> obviously everybody agrees fully about the, the massive effort against Limerick at that point of the final, what will it take note of them? The only thing is nowadays, squads like Clare and have fantastic SNC people, really good sports psychology advice and, and, and great management in Lohan and the lads with him. So I'm sure mentally they will have come around uh, to talk about, think about Wexford after a couple of days of the Limerick game, after playing Limerick. And physically, I think they will also have got the rest in and the recovery. So I'd imagine that the prize at the end of this, of a, of a semi-final, possibly with Kilkenny, will mean that these lads are primed and hopefully will get over the, the you know, the, the exhaustion that Munster final. I think now they have the backup, you know, to help them do that. Well, they have. I think, they, I think any of us that might have doubted that, that, that they mightn't have had the backup got, got the answer uh, the day of the game against Waterford when they were able to rest Tony Kelly and John Conlon and Paul Flanagan and a few others. Uh, you know, and the guys that come in certainly showed that they're ready and ready to step up and uh, ready and able to uh, when called in. So uh, there is a very strong panel there. So uh, you know, I, I I think that and Clare have used the panel well all year. When fellas, uh, you know, have run the race, uh, they've brought in fresh legs. And as we've said so many times before, it's now twenty twenty one man game. Uh, whether uh, you know, yeah. it's how you use that, and I think players know that, and players. They, they, they play to uh, up to their exhaustion and signal to the sideline in if they have to and the fresh man coming in so um, you know I, I think that's the same with, with most counties now and certainly with Clare and they've been showing that all year and Seamus just before we leave that this aspect of it you know with the uncertainty about Rory Hayes and Peter Duggan being, not, being available not being available would that have affected training in terms of how they were trying to you know place their team how they were trying to do things in training uh, you know they're obviously have to they had to kind of maybe plan for without them there for a few days. Then they were back on Wednesday evening. They were back knowing they would be okay Wednesday evening. Do you think that made the preparation for Wexford just that little bit trickier, you know, with the uncertainty? Well, I, I, I would say it probably did because, you know, for the past week, they would have had to have planned as if they weren't going to have them. Yeah. Uh, so they would have had to maybe play different different lineups in the, whatever internal game or two that they would have had or internal... Uh, you know, short games Tactics that they would have that, had. Yeah. From that point of view, uh, I'd imagine that too. But and uh, you know, I'd say there'll be a great buzz there, and there'll be a confident bunch travelling to Tullus on Saturday. But Seamus, there's no doubt though, it is a slippery one. It is a dan- it is a dangerous one. And in terms of preparation, uh, look at what Wexford coming in in the ideal ideal situation, really. Yeah, it is a it is a dangerous one, I suppose. And like Wexford have beaten Clare once or twice in recent times just as Clare have beaten Wexford and you know I suppose Wexford are as determined uh, to get, get another step on the, way, on the way you know they got their warning I suppose if you like when they were held to a draw by Westmeath and which looked to be more or less putting them out of the championship and then they got they, they, they got their second win if you like uh, when they beat Wexford or beat Kilkenny to get back in so they'll be they'll be well focused on this game and they'll they they will know that anything less than a hundred percent performance, uh, and they'll be out of the championship. So they're going to be well primed as well. And uh, you know, I think it could be great. I think I really think it could be great, a great contest. And Seamus, you know, as you said, Wexford, both Wexford and Clare will be behind the possibility of an All Ireland final. You know, both will fancy their chances of getting over Kilkenny in the semi final. You know, so it it is a huge prize. Oh, it's a huge, huge opportunity, I suppose. Now that said. We all know from watching Kilkenny over the years, there's no such thing as a bad Kilkenny team. Uh, and while they mightn't have some of the stars or the players or the quality that they've had in the past, they have a very committed bunch and it's a Brian Cody team and they're not going to go down without a fight and they're probably looking at uh, making up for what they would see as disappointments over the past couple of years where they slipped up maybe or where they were beaten at quarter-final or semi-final stage. And there's also the prospect in their eyes of having a, a, another crack at Galway and Henry Shefflin. So they have a lot to fight for as well. Uh, so, you know, for now, I'd say 
player or by Lohan and his management will be insisting, lads, this is all that matters Wexford. We get about Kilkenny. We'll worry about them if and when we get there. Yeah, and Seamus, do you expect at the end of the day that Clare will be appearing in the All-Ireland semi-final? Uh, I do. I'm confident enough that uh, I'm confident enough that they can, that they're good enough to get there. Yeah, um, and, uh, and I am. I just, I'm just a small bit worried about how much the Munster final will have taken out of them. I still think that it will have taken a bit out of them. Uh, but I've no doubt that they have the, the confidence is there. They're playing, with, they're playing with a swagger, if you like, this year. There's a belief there that they're capable of going all the way. And uh, from that point of view, um, I'd be happy enough that just come Saturday evening, uh, we'll be making plans for the following two weekends. We'll be going yeah. to be Dublin, so to be Dublin and Dublin again. That's what we want. <laughs> There'll be a lot of trips to Dublin, yeah. That's the way you, that the way you want it. Seamus, a quick word on, on Cork and Galway and the other quarterfinal. Um, Henry Shepton's Galway disappointing in the Leinster final against Kilkenny. Cork, very, very quiet there, working away quietly, you know, again, ideal preparation for them. They got a, a good workout against Antrim up in Corrigan Park last weekend. You know, yeah. this is one that could go either way as well. I, now, you said it, and there's a lot of people who believe that Cork have kind of bounced back from a couple of weeks ago when they looked to be kind of gone. If you like, and uh, I suppose having been in the final last year, and much was expected of them this year, and uh, they showed mixed form in the league. But they they've made a few changes recently uh, to their to their team. Like you know, Matt Coleman has gone back to wing back, which is probably his best position where he provides more. He's the team captain. And they've juggled a few things around, and uh, they seem to maybe be more settled now. And there's a belief in Cork that they that they have a team. And like they, they would say they have a team capable of winning the All Ireland this year, and 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 so, dropping dropping making a big statement, dropping their captain Huggy Patrick Horgan. That's right, uh, you know that would be a big statement. That's because people were saying that they wouldn't have had the 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 with the with all to make that call. You know, he's seen as I suppose a god, a god in Cork, and rightly so. He's had such a great great games for them over the years. But I suppose everyone has uh, everyone's time comes. Um, he's still a class act. I know he come on up. Uh, up in Corrigan Park but I suppose it's how you use him is uh, you know he has served Cork well but he still has a role to play with maybe not maybe not for the full 70 minutes in a game uh, so from that point of view I, I, he will feature obviously at some stage on Saturday when he starts or comes in um, but uh, it, it's an intriguing game because I suppose we've seen over the last nine or ten years that Galway promise a lot and then the fall flat at times and things go against them and I suppose uh, Hawks were high this year when Shefflin came in as manager and when they beat Kilkenny uh, Aero in the league uh, and, and the, that famous day that all the talk was about the hand yeah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. like, there's no better team than Kilkenny to learn from previous games you know, and they were focused and ready the last day and they turned, it up, uh, turned them over and I'd say they've raised more questions for Galway now than Galway would have expected and I'll uh, have to answer those questions this week now against Harkin. Um I said it will mean a big crowd in Tullus early. Yeah, for you know, sure. And Seamus, who would you, who would you, who would you, who would you expect to come out on top of the end in this one? I I would think, uh, no, I'd be <coughs> hesitant for it, I would think Galva. Right. Um, I would th- I just about think Galva, like the Mannions and Cooney and these fellas are Holland fairly well, um, but again, you cannot take, you can't take anything for granted against this captain. Would you would imagine, Seamus, that um, Shefflin will have been absolutely, you know, given the hairdryer treatment in training since that terrible display oh, against Kilkenny, and I'd say that could be a factor too. I'd say they will really have been put through their paces and they really have been given a fair going over now. Without doubt. Seamus, turning finally to the Camogie and I suppose, what a disaster uh, of scheduling with a Camogie uh, championship game on at the same time as your, your county hurlers uh, playing down in Simple Stadium. You'd imagine... You, well, you, I, I, I just can't figure out the Camogie authorities and the ladies' football. I suppose we've, we've commented many times over the last four or five years of all the clashes. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, they just seem to land themselves uh, in, the hot, in, in the hot seat all the time by... You know, by having these clashes, I can't see why this game couldn't be played on Sunday. Clare uh, in Dublin. And it is a home game for Clare. It's a very, very important game for Clare because unless they win, uh, they're out of the championship, really. So they have to win to keep their hopes of qualifying alive. You know, and the reality is that uh, outside of the teams and, 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 and a few officials, 
I don't see anybody attending that game because the focus, let's be honest about it, the interest and the focus is on Tullus. Yeah. And, uh, not alone on the third game, particularly but with the other game on before it, there'll be a huge crowd going to Tullus. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, I, I can't figure out why Camogie, and it's the national Camogie body, but because uh, yeah, I, I understand Claire made a case uh, and asked for it to be changed. And it could easily have been played on Sunday, any time on Sunday. Uh, and in my in my opinion, um, players are going to lose out now. And apart from the supporters, like there are players, players who, also. who have mm-hmm. who have family members in uh, playing in Tullus or involved in Tullus. Yeah, it's really so no, it's really known goal. You know, it's really known goal on the Camogie authorities once again. Yeah, oh, they it's, keep it's, doing it's, it's, it's a huge, a huge mm, blow promoting the uh, game for them. And like, for, and they're going to lose out big time financially as well because yeah. you know they have nobody there. Yeah, there's no doubt. In my opinion. Uh, Let's hope Clare can win it anyway. <laughs> it's it's sad for the players because they've put in such a massive mm. effort this year, uh, the Clare Camogie players, uh, to finish up their year. Yeah, and, and two Camogie teams, you know, the Clare, they're playing down in the Junior two, as well. Two o'clock, so, yeah. But no. yeah. They are they're playing in the Junior as well at two o'clock. Yeah. And then and, and the Senior at five. And then there's and an like, awful gap. You know, you them. can't even, you know, you can, anyone that would stay at home won't even get to watch the yeah, it is a, a disaster every way. Even if they, I don't know, I can't, I can't work it out I at just all. Can't figure it out. No. I can't figure it out. Read on going. Yeah, it's a mystery. But I suppose at the end of the day, Seamus, you'd expect her, maybe hopefully Clare will get a double over down in the junior and Dublin in the senior camogie. Well, you would. You'd hope, you'd hope for that. Now, how? Like I suppose the camogie have had a very tough schedule this week. They had five or six weeks in a row there, where they, you know, heard they were playing and playing tough games. And maybe that took his toll a bit, but uh, you know they've had a week's break now, so hopefully they can bounce back, and hopefully, hopefully they can get back to winning ways this week. Yeah, we don't. You know, and Seamus, we thank you for that. You know the time is caught up in us here. What a weekend to look forward to for Clare. Hopefully, they can draw inspiration from the footballers' great win last weekend up in Crow Park, and we wish them all the very, very, very best to look. Seamus Hayes, as always, very good to get your opinions here on Scarif Bay Community Radio, and we thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. No problem. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Cheers, Seamus. Thank you. All right. You're listening to Sportsline on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, 88.3 and 92.7 in East Clare, around the world on scarletbayradio.com and on the TuneIn Radio app. Sportsline is sponsored by Derek Credit Union. And once again, thanks to Seamus Hayes for taking the time to talk to us. And now we move up up the country uh, a small bit and we go to our neighbouring county of Galway. And Galway have an important All-Ireland uh, senior hurling quarter-final this weekend, as we spoke about earlier. But to get the Galway view and a view on the other game also, uh, we're now joined by a regular analyst uh, from Galway, former Galway hurler, a man well-known all over, always involved, involved with many a team up there. He's Andy Cohen. Andy, you're welcome once again. Good evening, guys, and thanks for thanks for having me on again. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a, a nervous weekend, though. I think uh, compared to the last time I was talking to you, we were heading into a Leinster final, kind of reasonably confident anyway. But uh, it, it, it's very nervous here now at the minute. And Andy, you know, as you bring up the Leinster final, straight up, a very very flat performance by Galway on on the evening. You know, just never seemed to to spark into life at all. Just seemed to be kind of there or thereabouts, and then. Unfortunately, coming towards down the final track just seemed to fade away, Andy. No, it, it was very disappointing, and I suppose in the lead up to that game, uh, we we had the draw with Kilkenny and Pierce the other and we we recovered well to beat Dublin to qualify, um, and then with Kilkenny getting beaten at home by Wexford, which I thought was quite a shock. Um, I was I was confident going up. I thought they were they had done the right thing. I thought that they're they're in the right frame of mind. Um, but the minute that ball was thrown in two weeks ago. Uh, they got hit by a lot of physicality and, and they just had no response and it, it kind of resulted in a, in a very, very flat performance. And Andy, you know, you, you'd imagine, you know, with a lot of experienced players and Henry, you know, at the Hillam and, you know, you'd say with Kilkenny after losing to Wexford, obviously, at home and, of course, they came in in, in a prime position, there's no doubt about that and very little talk about them. There was no doubt they were going to come, with, as Kilkenny do, with a ferocious battle. You'd have expected that Henry would have the garbalets primed to expect a, such a, a such a battle. You would, and you'd, you'd, well, you'd, you'd, you probably wouldn't really need Henry Shefton to tell you what was coming down the line. I guess they should have been well warned by what has kind of gone on in the stadium and that. And at the end of the day, it's Kilkenny, so you know what you're going to get. 
But like everything that any time they try to get on the ball, kind of get any flow going, um, Kilkenny just seemed to have that physicality right on the, on when they were about to turn and, and they didn't let them get the run in them, uh, didn't let any kind of flow go over like so. Definitely, they brought that physicality to the, to the kind of midfield area, Galway's half forward line, we'll say, where their attacks were kind of breaking the likes of Tom Allen and that. They stopped them attacks straight away, like so. They definitely upped the physicality, and when they kind of realised that Galway weren't really responding to it, they kind of tied on it and they kicked on. But Andy, I suppose we all agree what you say there about Kilkenny. Everybody knows what to expect from a Brian Cody Kilkenny. That's just a given for the last 17, 18 years and nobody was surprised by it. But I suppose one of the things we should remember is that Henry Shefflin is with Galway really merely a few months. There was an interruption to that where his brother, God rest him, dying and things like that. So, because he was a little bit late appointed as well. So maybe um, there is a slight excuse there. I know, I know you probably wouldn't want to be looking for excuses, but the fact that Henry probably just maybe isn't long enough there to have a, a, a full imprint but maybe in the intervening time since that last game with Kilkenny he will have given him the, the treatment in the rest room and on the training pitch and we might see a new goal with this evening I think he, he definitely knows exactly what he has <clears throat> kind of to, to work with now I suppose the, the shadow boxing of the league is long over and they've gone through the round robin and kind of the first knockout game that they came up against or where there was kind of high stakes where there was a semi-final place um, on the line I think he really got his eyes opened to what he has and what he's playing with now at the same time he's dealing there were seven or eight lads that played in the All-Ireland final in 2017 that have All-Ireland medals that had plenty of experience so I think he'd be very disappointed I suppose from that point of view from them guys you know you can't really give a pass to, to the younger lads because they've played plenty of league games as well over the years and, and championship games but I suppose he really would be disappointed, really, because I think those senior players really should have maybe helped out or probably stood out that little bit more when the, when the heat really came on. And I suppose, um, Andy, as you said, the experienced players, you know, should have should have enough in the bank. But looking ahead even to the Cork game, do you expect Henry to make changes to the team or will he go with the, more or less the same, same um, format again? I think he'll, uh, there isn't really much kind of room for change. I think it's really a case of open their performance really per, in, in, in each position. Um, you know, Conor Coney, I suppose, didn't really have a great day with his frees. Like that, that alone is, is something that has to be tied up on Tom Allen was very flat. Joseph Cooney was very flat. Um, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot kind of firing from our half that time. So I don't really think there's that much scope for change positional-wise really because I guess what... Another issue with Galway is that, that they are quite limited, really. They don't have a lot of experience on the bench. So I suppose all he's kind of doing is rearranging the pictures in a way. But it really is, I'm sure he's probably just looking for, for all those individuals to really up their performance, really, and, and, and hope that that can carry the day. I suppose it's more attitude he'd be looking for a change in rather than personnel and, and what else are positions, because you know, as you say, the options aren't that mighty, but the attitude certainly can can be changed. And surely facing Cork, you know, Galway would have a history enough history with Cork over the years, and this Cork team likes to play, you know, we think nice hurling. Surely now uh, the attitude will be right uh, for this game, uh, uh, Andy. Well, like you can have, you can have all your strength and condition. You can have all, all the stats, all the analysis you want. But at the end of the day, that Kilkenny game in that Leinster final, the part lacking on Galway side was was really just determination and, and that bit of fight. Um, so definitely, that that to me would would really be the main ingredient. Now, looking, it's a different dynamic of a game. Uh, Cork is obviously going to be that bit more faster, more slicker uh, compared to kind of a physical fight against Kilkenny. So they really have to kind of be ready for that as well too which is a totally different angle to be coming at uh, this game and Andy you know happening back into looking back to last year as well Galway went down to play uh, Waterford in a qualifier down in Simple Stadium and everyone thought at half time they could have gone away they were so far behind you know there, there has to be there is a lot of question marks to be you know over the, over this group of players there's no doubt about that to, you know to kind of capitulate last year and again in the Leinster final and you know you just don't know what kind of a team is going to turn up on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, you don't know. Look, you can even go one step further back to 2020. I mean, on 70 minutes against Limerick in an All-Ireland semi-final, they were level. Um, in 73 minutes, they were three points down and lost that. And last year, very flat again. Obviously, that, I think it's really a graveyard. Uh, Thurless to us, really, over the last 30 years, if you wanted to put it, there was more bad days than good. But, like, you just hope that, that they can kind of shrug off those sort of performances like the Waterford game last year 
And again, they don't have Joe Fleming this year, so you just don't know like what. Again, it's true. Like you don't know what goal the team is, is going to turn up. If they turn up and play, they're right there. They could win it as quick. But if if it ends up one of those days where they're dragging from the start, they don't get up to the tempo. It could be a long drive home from Carlos. And yes, Andy, they're still, you know, you talk about Gal- we've talked about Galway and their difficulties and, and their question marks, but there's question marks still about Cork too. I mean, we know they can play, lovely, play a lovely hurl and we know they love their first touch players. We know what they want to carry and pass it around the place and give beautiful ball into the forwards and, and, and try and set up goals with a running game. But, you know, uh, a bit of physicality and a bit of an attitude and a bit of preparedness can, can, can help there too. And I presume one of the things would be the, the Cork puckouts to shove up and no let them start carrying the ball out of defence easily. Exactly. I mean, Cork, fair enough, they, they kind of did a, a bit of a Houdini to get out of Munster, I suppose, compared to their first two games. But, like, they can't really paper over those facts either of those early games and that. So, and even on last weekend, Antrim, Antrim were leading at half time. Uh, yeah. it, took, it took Cork everything to, to get rid of them. Now, look, Corrigan Park is no easy place to go. But at the same time, if they were to be uh, the force that Cork would have been expected to be, you'd imagine that they would have comfortably beaten uh, Antrim last weekend. So, because it's there to be one really if Galway can turn up and, and get into the game and get up to, to the tempo from the very start or even set the tempo themselves get physical possibly early on cut out some of those runs um, look it, it, it is actually in their own hands if they performed yeah, yeah. they could win it just as quick as they might not yeah there's no about it and I suppose also you know to get the boost in later on in the week there by with Keenan Fahey's yellow card or red card being overturned you know it's better to have him playing and on the field rather than not having him, Andy. It is, it is. I mean, look at no one knows more than himself that, that what he did was totally reckless. Look at you can't you can't do that really. So I suppose look at just the heat of the moment. Um, you know yourself these these games can get 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 really physical. You can get carried away. So thankfully he he's got off of that. Like so look at he he's he's slowly coming into the into the team now. He was probably a bit of a a slow starter at the start uh, early on in the year. But um, Mickey got two good points. I was going to say he, was, he, he wasn't the worst of them the last day. Very soon after no, the incident, no, he, he got a great worked, point. Actually. Worked very hard. Yeah, worked very hard. Got two good points, hard points. Mm. Um, so look, thankfully he's, he's got his chance now, and, and it'll be look at he'll have Mickey's lesson learned. Really, that I, I can't see that happening again. And. He can hopefully get his head down and get going again. Yeah, and look, we wish Godway and, and of course, we wish Cock the best to look also. Andy, on your own opinion, the Clare Wexford game, you know, Wexford coming in maybe in, in, in a perfect way, relaxed and, and, and not overburdened with, with, with hard games, you know, they be, they'd be fresh. Clare coming in the back of a Mehmet uh, match in the Munster final where, unfortunately, you know, Limerick got through in extra time. How do you see this one penning out, Andy? But I was just thinking there, even the other day, that, that even since the 2013 Clare won the All Ireland, I would say we'll have Clare and Wexford met maybe four times at the, in that in that period. They're, they're very familiar with each other when it comes to championship qualifiers, and 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 it nearly suits Wexford because the hype has been about Clare no more than we say the hype was like Waterford at the start of the year. Would they match them? Like, well, it was Clare that matched them. They went toe to toe all the way to extra t- or, um, extra time, and um, so like. It's a free shot, really, for Wexford. You know what I mean? There's not really that much pressure on them coming into that game. So I would expect it to be close, but if, if Clare meet those heights that they played, the physicality, the way they're playing, Tony Kelly taking off, as usual. Um, and if he's supported more, I think, by Shane O'Donnell, kind of supported more even on the scoreboard by Peter Duggan, I definitely think that they can, they'll take care of Wexford. Yeah. Um, Eddie, before we let you go, um, obviously, of course, you have the Galway Tip Minor game on Sunday, uh, a semi final, I suppose, maybe, you know, Claire Noffley last, last night. Um, how do you expect that one to go, Andy, Galway and Tip? Yeah, Galway, I suppose they had a good one against Claire and, and, and they, they had it all to do to beat Leash uh, in their last game in, in, in the group. Like, so, uh, look, it'll be a very even game. I think Galway are still quite reliant um, on, um, on Nyland. Um, Aaron Nyland, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Nyland, excuse yeah. me. Aaron Nyland and um, Rory Burke is there as well. Like, so, look, it'll be very, very even. I, I can't really see. I think it should be a very, very good game because they're two very good teams. So, I'll, I'll, I'll keep my Galway hat on for that one, but good I expect it to be a very tight game. And I suppose, Andy, as the time has caught up on us, uh, unfortunately during the week one of the great characters and servants of Galway Hurling uh, Fela Murphy a man who since had been there forever went to his eternal reward but what an innings he gave uh, for Galway GA uh, yeah, he's, look at it since I was 
going up in the in the eighties and and becoming familiar with those Galway teams the the early and the late eighties. The one picture you always saw was Fiala Murphy, and even when I was in there myself in the in the two thousand early two thousands, he was the secretary of the county board at the time, and he was looking. He was he was every bit of the character that you've heard about. He was that character in person as well too, and he had a bit of ill health in the last couple of years. So it was it was sad to to hear that he had passed during the week. Yeah, and indeed, yeah. what a, what a separate it was, and our sincere sympathies to his wife and the fifteen children and extended family of Fail and Murphy. May he rest in peace. Andy, as always, it's very good for, for you to take the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Great to get the goal goal review and your view on the other games, and we look forward to hearing more from you before the championship is over. Great guys, thanks very much. Enjoy the weekend. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, Andy. You too, as well. Yeah, friend. And once again, thanks to Andy Cohen for taking the time to talk to us. And now uh, we're going to be, talk, turn to uh, Pet. Uh, Pet, big games for the, you know, there might be a small crowd at these games today. The runs today. Clare Camogie against Dublin, Clare Junior Camogie against Down. Two must win games. Two must win games, go, you know, about how things have gone so far. I suppose if we start with uh, the juniors, um, a draw at Tipperay last time out, wasn't it? And uh, I suppose that they'd been hoping that we could sneak a win there. Um, but it's a very strong junior squad, training with the seniors. Uh, I would have thought they would they would probably you know beat most teams. But then again, uh, some of those northern teams are very proud proud Camogie counties, and they, they, they you know it's, it's strong enough up there. And to be their first teams as well. Well, obviously their first teams as well. So uh, uh, I'm tr- I look at uh, against Mayo, Clare had it so easy inside in the park that day. I suppose it wasn't it wasn't really a challenge at all. So. It's hard to know. Are you better off going to win tough games? They've had a tough game the last day, so I think that tough game will send them, Leo, and hopefully that will see them through against Down. Uh, the senior game, uh, look, we've, we've mentioned it there, I think, was it off air or on air uh, before, that it's a that it's such a shame that uh, this senior game, which has the makings of a really good match because it's a it's an absolute must-win game for Clare and for Dublin, I'd say. And, uh, you know, playing in Cusey Park, uh, it's clashing with Thurlis, uh, but we have to forget about that for the moment and just say, look at uh, Clare, at their best, I think are better than Dublin. There's no question about that. If you go back to our Munster final form, which was the best form we've shown all the year, uh, plus the game against the games against the Pereira were more doer struggles. But against against uh, Cork, we expressed ourselves, got a good score up on the on the scoreboard. And uh, if we can get that far back, and I think with the two weeks rest, Leo, that's the key. And uh, as well as that, I, I I think there's a couple of positional changes as well, which probably will 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 give us a, probably a little bit more uh, going forward. I think. Um, I, I believe Claire Harris is centre back. Yeah. Oh, Morgan centre forward. And Susan Daly is full back, which know. we've been calling for on Scarlet Bay Radio for a long, long we'll time. See, we'll see what happens. Unless he's gone now, that will that will work in in, in Claire's favour. So I think Claire at their best uh, and and a bit refreshed are better than Dublin, and I think that should be reflected in on, on, in the game in the park uh, Saturday evening. Yeah, yeah, we wish him we wish him Absolutely. the very very best in that. Pat, I suppose the, the big news in Clare apart from their championship game earlier on the week, we had the the draw for the the, the club championship and. You know the two the, the two groups, and I suppose as people can more give followers all over the county were waiting with bated breath to see see what they got. You might just call out the groups there, Pat. Yeah, well, sure. The groups are in, in in I'm not sure which is A or B or one or two, but anyway, the first group is we have uh, True Clannara, Fikil Kilinina, Aina Kilnamona, Cluny Quinn, and Kilkishan Budike. All would be harbouring. Uh, hopes of going through particularly maybe Clooney Quinn might be seen as a little bit uh, we'll talk about that in a minute and the other group then is Scarafagunlo Market and Fergus Kilmaley St. Joseph's Dora Bearfield and Six Mile Bridge it is nearly a mirror same copy of, of what happened a, a, a year a little bit I think uh, if I speak from from a fecal Kilina point of view I think they will see it as the group of death Leo, in there with True Clannara last year's finalists and Within seconds of being champions, I know Kilnamona, one of the strongest teams in Clare for the last six, seven who, years. Who were fecal Kilnamona within seconds of beating Leicester? Absolutely, last year. they were. And I think Kilkish and Padaik are uh, semi finalists. Yeah. A, a team that are very, very close to making the breakthrough, also. So I think that's a really tough group for fecal Kilnamona. Through Clannara, I know Kilnamona will be fair to come out of it, I think. And, uh, you know, after that, then. You know, Clooney Quinn probably would be seen as probably you know individual champions, champions maybe maybe a step or two back, but who knows that maybe they want to prove as well something to prove, and maybe maybe one of maybe one of the big teams will be caught by them. In the other group, uh, I think Scarlett will be favourites here. I, I've no doubt of that. I think the market are putting in a serious effort again, Leo. They, they want to get back to the top table down there, and I think 
they're probably well Kilmele of course obviously you know and Nivody yeah. and, and, and going over last year's farm as well uh, uh, Six Bell Bridge you could never know they have Chloe Mori they have a f- uh, you know Myrna Scanlon they have a few like that uh, young Kennedy um, the juniors yeah and, and all those um, Joseph again Joseph Dorberfield at some stage you'd imagine they should be making progress don't know if they're at that stage yet but certainly Scarlet for Gunlow and Mark will be the, will be the favourite they will kill Mealy also uh, are a seriously strong side and uh, I think it may be between them so um, uh, you know I, I think the Fecal Kilinina sort of Drew Clonara Ida Kilnamona but I group overall is a very competitive group and there will be no soft touches in any of those games. Absolutely none. There's no doubt, and we'll be previewing those, uh, taking, talking about those groups uh, in more in more depth in yeah. in, a, in a later program as we we'll, as we'll, we'll preview the games. Pet, you know, the rugby season, the domestic season has come to an end, and you know, uh, Leinster trophyless for the first time in a long time, and you know, after all the games they played all year, hammering everyone in in every in in in, in almost every game. No trophies. No trophies, Leo, and uh, that's I'm sure is very, very gone down very, very badly around Clare and Limerick and Tip and, and Cork. You know, a lot of tears shed <laughs> over Leinster, poor Leinster. Uh, but all, all jokes aside, they looked like they were the strongest squad in the European rugby. Uh, but that that defeat to La Rochelle in the in the European Cup final, I think, knocked the stuffing out of them. And I think um, they were they were nearly prime 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 targets for the for the Bulls to to. Um, you know, sneak one over them, and the Bulls just up front took them on. And Pat, do, you th- do you think with with you know with with, with Leinster, right that too many big games caught up with them? You know they have so many playing with with with, with, with Ireland as well and in the squads that yes, it just you know. Well, don't think it's just a big squad. That some of those players can be arrested in the in the, in in those what you used to call the the league games, the, the un, what you call them, what's it called nowadays. The, 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 the conference the games, conference games, what you call, yeah. Um, the United Rugby Champions. United Rugby Champions. Thank you, good man. I, I, I think they were still able to rest. You know, they have such a massive squad. But I think one of the things about the Leinster pack is this, is that they're not built to bully other teams, really. I think they're more, you know, we'll say if you take Tyke Furlong out of it, maybe I think the likes of uh, the likes of James Ryan uh, and, and and maybe uh, Galen Dallas, a player I really admire, they more depend on, on footwork and sort of Football um, skills, skills yeah. than actually this savagery that you need up front playing South African teams possibly playing um, you know England as well maybe so at, at international level so even though of course we have we have a, a decent record against England but the point I'm saying is that uh, going to New Zealand will probably allow them use their skills because New Zealand don't have this massive big 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 they have technique that's one thing they have no I just think coming into the programme that if they were playing South Africa I could see the uh, a pack dominated by instrument maybe finding it difficult to cope. But um, having said that, it's great to go off to New Zealand where you know you're you're down. And we're, we're, we're all, is really, really it's, the sparks are really going to have to come now because you're getting ready. It's World Cup year. World Cup year, absolutely. And I mean, this is where you'll probably find out most about your players at a tour to New Zealand. Uh, down there is a Dunedin at the, 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 the end of the world in a winter's day. They're, 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 the winter for them uh, it's can it's be a tough, tough It's always raining there. It's always raining, yeah. Um, when, uh, what I'm interesting to see really is, and I know they have two games against the New Zealand Maori team, which is probably, the, obviously, the, the mid, if you like, the midweek game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of the, of the newer names will be able to st- step up to the mark. You know, up front you're talking there about Dave Heffernan from Connacht at Hooker, Maybe Jeremy not, not a bad player, no. Pat. Not a bad player, Jeremy Lockman and Tom O'Toole also is proper. And, you know the, these guys. Then you have, we'll say, um, I suppose Joe McCarthy and and Treadwell there in the pack as well. To be interesting how they will do yeah. in in the games they will get. Um, likewise, was back back out in the centre of Keen Prendergast and Nick Timoney, Keen Prendergast of Connacht, Nick Timoney of Ulster. You know, will will they get much game time? I mean, there's going to be injuries. Games are coming fairly tight together, and. Uh, <laughs> you have the I know you have the old firm there. Uh, Johnny Sexton is the is at ten, and you have uh, Murray Connor Murray is there at nine as well. And if they they'll probably be starting in the big and you have Gibson, big Park, Gibson Park, Gibson Park, Jameson Gibson Park, of course, probably yeah, we'll probably start as suppose as you say. But look at between injuries and and one thing and another, uh, we'll probably see a lot of the players anyway in the big games. And there's no better place than New Zealand to find out what they're made of. Uh, Michael Lowry of Ulster, that, that little Dynamo fullback as well. If he's recovered from injury, he's named on the squad to go anyway. So. Um, Disappointing though, Pat, as you mentioned also that uh, Bellicombe, the centre, is uh, a what a player. You just love to see what, how he'd feature. Love watching him on, on TV and the few bits we see of Ulster. He's just, he's just electric. And uh, 
he was he was a great chance for him to show his skills uh, against the, the you know the best in the world or amongst the best in the world down there. And uh, unfortunately, injury has ruled him out, as it has uh, Keller, the the the, the hooker as well, who who is again another really great player on his feet, ball skills. Seemed tired, but seemed very tired though, and and possibly out towards it, the yeah, end. Yeah, possibly, is, but he's he's he hasn't got the physique to to you know to be taking all those hits and maybe keep his fresh keep his power up the whole long season either. You know because. They're getting serious hits at that yeah. little, you know, those what you might call lighter, lighter forwards, you know. And you see the breakdown there, Pat, and you know, is it 20 Linster? It's 20 Linster, as far as I can see, I, I think I'm missing one. 20 Linster is at six Ulster, seven, eight Munster, I think, and five Connacht. Um, <laughs> and so, but, but, Linster but, but, subs. Yeah, before you go. Jack O'Donoghue, a surprise exclusion. Very much so. I think I've made some point about it's a very competitive area, but Jack O'Donoghue, to my mind, has been a leading light for Munster in a year. They had a very good run and were very impressive in, in a lot of the state, state season. Uh, I think he's unlucky. I, do, I, I really think he is uh, a great servant to Munster uh, and continues to be, obviously, uh, still in the, mid, in the middle of his career. Yeah, he'll be very, very disappointed. And from, as a, as a, of course, from a Munster point of view... We would we would like to see him there, yeah. Of course, there's but a Gavin Coombs is the man. Hopefully, would always take a claim to to one of those positions, with with really big performances. But there. as you say, Pet does not doubt. It is the place that where Farrell is going to find out an awful lot more about his players on on a tour like that. You know, he'll get to know, you know, of course, off the field and on the field. You know, even a lot more. And you know, as we said, World Cup on in France next yeah. year. And and it's be it's be also see who are the players who. Are good squad members in a way right. situation in the in the in the bubble with the with the team traveling away from home for a few weeks and he's you know who are the leaders who the are the guys of the whole team exactly who yeah. what works well together and and that so that might be a help but uh, as I said, there's no better place to go than New Zealand to test out your rugby squad and uh, but I think they will you know there they'll be allowed to play the thing is uh, if you get New Zealand on a roll I mean they're offloading game and their and their footwork and their absolutely brilliant ball skills are second to none so. You know, it's, it's, we'll be obviously getting getting up to watch these match, matches on Saturday mornings during during um, the end of June and, and July. The, there, and, and, and it's and going to be great. The one thing you're guaranteed with New Zealand being at home is that they will be playing as close to their first fifteen as possible. Well, sure, rugby is, is the religion down there, and they don't do shadow boxing very much, as far as I can see. Uh, you know, if you can beat New Zealand, uh, you're going to beat them when when they wanted to win. And I mean, I know a few people have kind of. Kind of because Ireland haven't done well in World Cups in recent years, even though we've beaten New Zealand twice. A few of the critics have been saying, "Oh, you're only beating New Zealand in challenge games." Those New Zealand, when they come up to the Northern Hemisphere, they're not taking it seriously. I think New Zealand always take the rugby seriously, and any day you beat them is a great day. I hope in Ireland could win the series. It's asking an awful lot, but it'd be great to get at least one win against New Zealand in in the in the yeah, three I, I, big ones. I, I take that before they go at all. I, I yes, take, I take one, one. one good one. Yeah, maybe, and maybe towards the end. Yeah, it, mm. Pat, thanks very much for that. And that concludes our sports and saw here today on Scarif Bay Community Radio in association with their Credit Union on the 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the TuneIn app. My thanks as always to Corpus Interpet McNamara. Thanks to our guests uh, Seamus Hayes and Andy Cohn. Thanks to Jim Collins for taking over on the control tower uh, tonight. You know, without him we'd be lost. And we thank you very much for tuning in and listening to our programme today. We hope you enjoyed it. We wish all the players uh, going out at the weekend the, the very, very best of luck. And hard luck to declare minor hurlers uh, who suffered defeat in the All-Ireland uh, semi-final to Offaly last night. But what a great year they had and kudos to all the management and players for their great season. So, all that remains is for me, Leo Dial, for Scarab Bay Community Radio in association with their credit union until we meet again in this Bannock Day, August Lawn.